Source Code, Decipher's weekly news wrap podcast with input from our sources. This week, Microsoft fixed an actively exploited Windows flaw as part of its regularly scheduled Patch Tuesday updates. While Microsoft did not release any further details on how the flaw is being exploited or how widespread the attacks are, the important severity flaw could be used to gain system privileges. Dustin Childs, with Trend Micro's zero-day initiative, breaks down this zero-day flaw and other significant bugs in Microsoft's latest security update. Obviously, the biggest thing that uh, most people are talking about is the active attack in the Windows CSRSS uh, process. That's the client-server runtime subsystem. Uh, Microsoft is reporting that this uh, privilege escalation bug is being exploited in the wild. They don't give us any indication of how widespread it is or if it's targeting a specific sector or uh, other other customer. Uh, We do know that these types of elevation of privilege exploits are typically paired with either an Office document or an Adobe document, something that's going to allow code execution to occur. And then this bug will be used to do the elevation of privilege so that they can take over the entire system. Some other bugs that really stood out to me are there's a tampering bug in the Windows Server service. And tampering is kind of a nebulous term that, that covers a lot of different things that don't exactly fit. Uh, in this case, it, the bug would allow an attacker to upload their own certificate to a target system for various purposes. Uh, but if you are able to do that onto a domain controller or another server, you could potentially end up with code execution and really taking over an entire domain. Microsoft gives this its highest exploit index rating, which means ex- expect to see Uh, active exploitation within the next 30 days. So that's definitely one to watch out for as well. Another one that really stood out to me is there's a uh, NFS bug uh, in the network file system remote code execution. And this is the third month in a row that we've seen critical NFS bugs being patched. Uh, And again, this this one would allow a remote unauthenticated attacker to execute code on a system with no user interaction. So if you're running NFS, that's definitely the sort of thing to be looking out for. Uh, And similarly, there's a bug in RPC that would allow a remote, unauthenticated uh, attacker to execute code with elevated privileges and no user interaction. Uh, All those attributes all add up to something that we call wearable, which means a self-propagating exploit. RPC isn't really routable all that much, so hopefully you're blocking it very places so it wouldn't spread. It's still a very severe exploit. In other news, a new report looking at the top lessons learned from Log4j described it as an endemic vulnerability that will continue to plague organizations for years to come as attackers evolve their exploitation attempts. The report was released by a panel established by the Department of Homeland Security called the Cyber Safety Review Board. It concluded that exploitation of the Log4j flaw has occurred at lower levels than previously predicted, and there were no publicly reported significant Log4j-based attacks. However, it pointed to several challenges surrounding Log4j, including the fact that impacted organizations continue to struggle to update vulnerable software. At the same time, security challenges continue to exist across the open source community, mainly stemming from tight resources. Tim Mackey, Principal Security Strategist at the Synopsys Cybersecurity Research Center, 
said the report makes good points about the nature of the Log4j flaw and what organizations can do. So one of the, the, the big challenges that we always have as a set of security professionals is that the taxonomy of an attack, what, what it actually looked like, what the timeline, what the root causes uh, were that led up to this becoming a big thing. So in the case of Log4Shell, Log4J, um, those of us who are on the patch management side, well, we lost a lot of weeks in December due to this particular vulnerability. It's good to know what the nature of the vulnerability was, how that code got into uh, circulation, what we can do about it. And that's exactly what the uh, CSRB report does. Um, and in fact, the, the timing of this is, is really opportune. Normally, uh, we might look at things coming, say, several years even down the road. Um, investigations into things like Apache struts took effectively years to get out. So for organizations who are looking at how they can improve their practices, how they can improve how they manage open source, whether that's open source that's coming in through decisions made through their development teams or through commercial software, um, this report gives a lot of useful findings, a lot of useful actionable information that uh, teams can collectively use to better what they're doing, both from a true governance perspective, but also from a trust but verify uh, as part of their procurement chains. One top takeaway from the report is that the log4j flaw will continue to pose a risk to organizations and exploitation levels will persist. Companies should continue to proactively monitor for and upgrade systems vulnerable to the log4j flaw, while CISOs at federal agencies should continue to report any observed log4j exploitation instances to CISA. Finally, Digital Shadows this week released new research that shed light on how the threat landscape has changed since the prolific Conti ransomware group shut down its servers. Researchers that have been tracking ransomware activity over the past quarter said Conti members have likely branched out into other, smaller groups and will continue to launch attacks under rebranded names. Researchers have observed several shifts from both existing and new ransomware groups in the landscape that have added into the second quarter increase in attacks, with a steady surge in attacks by the LockBit ransomware as a service, for instance. Chris Morgan, Senior Cyber Threat Intelligence Analyst with Digital Shadows, shares more. So the recent blog we've issued is the latest in a series of quarterly reports we provide on ransomware. We also do the same for exploited CVEs and sector-specific reporting. I'd say one of the key events for the past quarter has to be the closure of the Conti ransomware operation. Conti, of course, are one of the biggest players on the ransomware scene and were the second most active group in Q2 2022, which is also observed in Q1 22. It's likely that Conti's closure was done following a series of fairly high-profile operational security breaches, leading to data breaches of the group's internal chat logs. Conti may have assessed that with security researchers and law enforcement crawling all over their infrastructure, it might just be prudent to call it quits. Uh, they've reportedly moved their members to support other ransomware operations, you know, really highlighting the interconnection between these different groups and the fact that its members won't be going away forever. We've also seen Lockbit, who are by far and away the, the most active group and definitely were in, uh, in the last uh, quarter, uh, released a third version of their operation. 
Lockbit 3.0 comes with a number of new improved capabilities and features. In particular, Lockbit created its own bug bounty program with it offering rewards for any exploits, personally identifiable information, uh, ideas or information on high value targets. Overall, the new operation will assist Lockbit in its overall efficiency, which is something the group has alluded to before, stating they're the world's fastest and most stable ransomware. We'll almost certainly see Lockbit continue as the track leader in Q3, barring an unforeseen event. And the last thing I'd like to say is that despite Conti departing this quarter, we saw the creation of many new groups that are likely to rival for that now open second place. Uh, that Conti has held for almost a year. Several new groups have emerged in this quarter. Um, several have actually shut down their operations as well. And it'll be interesting to see who picks up that place. But potentially we're looking at the likes of Alfie, Hive, uh, Black Baster, who actually are a new group that emerged in this quarter, uh, or Vice Society. But overall, it's likely that the pace of ransomware activity will pick up in Q3 as we head towards the final quarter of the year. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. While you were hacking